This is Blake Lindsay, and as always, I'm pleased to welcome you to the Ziegler Inspire podcast. The emphasis this week is on sales. Ziegler's colleague Brian Flanagan did an excellent job teaching a sales class. We're going to listen in. Brian will tell us on the importance of having a process in your sales strategy so that you and your prospect can work through your offer together. I know you'll love Brian's humor and teaching. In its simplest form, selling is a communication process. We tend to complicate the process. If, in fact, selling in its simplest form is a communication process, we make it hard. We make it difficult. We shouldn't. There's some simple things in life. Arnold Palmer, the professional golfer, was taught the game of golf by his dad. Arnold Palmer's dad said, son, hit the ball hard, go find it, hit it again. Simple. Golf's not simple. Simple concept, though. Willie May said, simple. Willie Mays said, they pitch it, I hit it. They hit it, I catch it. Simple. Yet we have a tendency to complicate the process. What we want to talk about is a process, a client-centered approach to process where you ask questions, get someone's need firmly established in both your mind and his or her mind before you proceed to show them a recommendation on how to close that need. Simple process. We complicate it. We have some objectives here. As you can see in your workbook there, primarily what we want to do is implement a logical and a client-centered approach to selling. We want to use high-impact questions to uncover the real needs, issues, and concerns and challenges that our customers have. We want to create an awareness, and you may want to circle number three there, create a need awareness on the part of the prospect. Guys, this is where we fall down. This is where you lose the most sales. This is where I lose the most sales. Number three there, creating an awareness on the customer's part, the prospect's part. We'll spend some time on that. We want to present your solutions using the lead with need concept, and then we also want to talk about close more sales. Now, Zig will talk about this later in one of the other recordings about closes, 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 but at the same time, we want to talk about some conceptual things there because as it gets down to the closing stage, closing should be the logical conclusion to your sales activities. It's not an adversarial relationship where you're arm wrestling with the customer. It should be a logical conclusion to your sales activities. So as we go through this process, keep in mind selling in its simplest form is a communication process. However, right off the bat, we have a problem with communications. You and I have a problem with communications, and the reason we do is that communications is tough. There's two problems with communication. First of all, the message you send is not always the message received. The message you send is not always the message received. I was in Houston's Hobby Airport checking out a car. Huge, long lines, two of them. I got in one line. As I was making my way forward, there was a lady that got in the other line who looked real familiar to me. And as our eyes met, I had to say something to her, and I couldn't put her name in her face, so I kind of leaned over and smiled. I said, excuse me, but you look like Helen White. And she said, huh, you don't look good in blue. <laughs> so the first problem... Would you explain it to this side of the room? Okay, thank you. The first problem is that we have to send and receive the right message. The second problem is in the receiving. And the point I want to make here is that we have to listen for more than words. 
In the objection module of this recording, what we're going to talk about is listen and listen. Listen for words as well as meanings of words. Listen for content, which are the words, and the intent, which are meanings of words. And if you don't listen for the sensitivities, the attitudes, the expressions under the words, you're going to get in trouble. Now this happened to me many years ago in my marriage. I was going through one of my many midlife crises, and I sprung up in bed about 12.30 one night. I was wide awake. I was paranoid. I was sweating. And I leaned over, and I shook Cindy awake. I said, Cindy, I've been thinking. If I were to die tomorrow, would you remarry? She said, Flanagan, I'm 34 years old. If you died tomorrow, I'd probably remarry. May I go to sleep? I said, no, I've got a couple other questions. <laughs> <laughs> would you let him drive my car? She said, Brian, you just got your car. What, it's four months old? Yes, I'd, I'd, drive, I'd keep your car. I'd let him drive your car. I said, Cindy, would you, would you let him wear my clothes? Brian, I'd keep your ties. I said, Cindy, would you let him use my golf clubs? She said, no, he's left-handed. <laughs> We better be listening for the meanings. When we ask questions and listen, we better be listening for the right things. Now, I want to role model the greatest communicators in the history of the world. Now, we're privileged to live in the Dallas, Texas area, and we know who the greatest communicators in the history of the world are. The greatest communicators in the history of the world are country and western singers. When you hear a country and western song, you know exactly what that guy or gal is saying. No guesswork. It's clear, crisp communication. Let me give you two lines from two different songs that illustrate this. The first line goes like this. You're the reason our kids are ugly. <laughs> See, that communicates. My second favorite line is, my wife just ran off with my best friend. I sure do miss him. So as we go through this, <laughs> as we go through this, we want to make sure we're communicating. If you'll turn to the next page, let's talk about some, what we consider selling principles that will help us along the way of understanding a process that works for us. I'd like to say, Terry and Todd, if you'd come up, guys, just come up barehanded. I've got a couple of volunteers. The first principle there is selling as a process, not an event. No, you didn't volunteer. Okay, Todd, if you'd be right here, and Terry, if you'd come way over here, please, sir. Now, here's what's going to happen. Here's the selling process. At the beginning of the process, on Todd's right shoulder is the beginning of the process. All the way down here on Terry's left shoulder is the end of the process. Now, here's what happens. Here's the customer. They've just entered the process. And way down here, far, far away from the customer, you're the salesperson, and you're at the end of the process. So we have a client at the beginning of the process, and you're way down here waiting for the process to be over. A couple of questions. How does the customer, how does the prospect feel right now? How does he feel? Apprehensive. Apprehensive, thank you. What else? Threatened. Alone. Isolated. All right. How do you feel? And now you're at the end of the process waiting for, for the customer to catch up. So how do you feel? Impatient. You're impatient. You're frustrated. You may be alone. Here's my question. Will a, <laughs> will a sale ever take place when you're this far away? No sale. Okay, now change places. Thank you, sir. Now change places. Now here we have the salesperson at the beginning of the process. You are the customer. You're at the end of the process. Here's the salesperson. Here you are at the beginning of the process. What are you saying to yourself? Hey, wait, slow down, pal. Usually I tell jokes. How about them cowboys? Let's talk a little bit. Hey, how about, and we want to talk, maybe. This guy wants to get to the, to the process. You may feel a little frustrated. What is this guy? Here's the customer this far away from you in the process. He looks over his shoulder and says, you ain't very good at this, heart. Will a sale take place? No, it doesn't. Okay, let's welcome them. I work alone, guys. Thank you very much. You did good.
My point to you is this. In the process, you better know where you are in the process. You better know where the customer is in the process. Your frustration as a sales professional occurs when you expect the end of the process when, in fact, you're in the middle of the process. Your frustration as a sales professional occurs when you expect the end of the process and the customer is in the middle of the process. So what you've got to do is go back and join up with him or her, not necessarily duplicating where they are, but a general vicinity, and move through the process together. If you don't, it's not professional selling. It's professional pulling or it's professional catching up. You've got to move through the process together. Trick question. This is a trick question. Who drives the speed of the sales process? You or the customer? That's why it's a trick question, because nobody answered it. <laughs> now here's what it is. In my heart of hearts, in my heart of hearts, I want the salesperson to be in control of the speed of the process. I'm not. I'm not in control. I, I want to influence it. I want to slow it down and speed it up. But in reality, the customer is in, the, is in control. The customer is in control of the speed of the process. And the reason I say that is that they can let go and give you control, or they can keep it, but either way, they're in control. At the best case scenario, Flanagan, I love for both of us, I understand, so would I. But in reality, in actuality, the customer controls the speed of the process. We're making a call, several years ago, we're making a call in North Dallas. We go see the regional manager of North Texas region, the salesperson Jeff and I go out, I get there at 2 o'clock. We have a 2 o'clock meeting. I'm a little late. Jeff, I'm coming from another appointment. Jeff's out there. I go up to Jeff and I say, Jeff, tell me about the guy. He said, Brian, I can't. He just walked up. Oh, hi, how you doing? We met the guy. He says, follow me. We go into a conference room. He sits at the end of the table. I'm thinking he's a high dominant. I sit here. Jeff sits here. This is what the prospect does. Looks at his watch and says, okay, guys, it's your quarter. Go. Well, how do you handle that? Do you go? I don't know how to go. I don't know where to go. I don't know what direction to take the call. So because I'm thinking he's a dominant, I've got to give him a compelling reason to slow down. So I said this, what I'd like to go, but to get the best use of our time together and get the results that you want and I want from this meeting, I need to ask you a few questions about yourself, your sales organization, and what type of training objectives you have for the year. That'll take about 20 minutes. Is that okay? He said, shoot. He didn't say shoo. He said, shoot, which meant at that time, he opened his hand and released the control of the process to me. Now, he was in control of the process up until that time. What would have happened if he said, nope, you understand, pal. I got five minutes. You just wasted three. He's still in control of the process. I've got to give him a compelling reason to slow down. He's a dominant. I, that didn't happen. That did not, he, he released control and said, no, I, I got some time. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Had he not said that and said, wait a minute, you understand, I don't have as much time, I've got a couple of options. Number one option, I can say to the guy, well, obviously, we had a set appointment with you at 2 o'clock. Something's come up. Either you need to put out a fire or start a fire. We'll spot you 15, 20 minutes. We'll go back in the lobby and wait until that's free. Is that fair? <coughs> that was one option. Perhaps he would have said, nope, I'm not going to be back in town for six years. Well, I can't reschedule an appointment. And the third thing, which is the last thing I want to do, is start dumping on this guy or gal, in this case this guy, about everything the Zig Ziglar Corporation does. Guys, that's not how you sell. It's not stop me if you see something you like. Be aware of that. Selling is a process, not an event. You have to understand the process and know where you are in the process and where the customer is in the process. Number two down there, if you would, circle number two.
you make more money solving problems than you do selling product. You make more money solving problems than you do selling product. You better find out what their problems are. Early in one of the earlier modules, we had that oval drawn on the left-hand side of a piece of paper with goals, and we had that little tail coming out that had vehicle in it. You've got to find out their problems, their needs, their issues, their concerns in order to step forward and solve those problems. You'll be paid handsomely if you can learn to solve people's problems. Number three, people do things for their reasons, not yours. <laughs> people buy for their reasons, not your reasons. You better find out what those reasons are. That takes time. We have a process that will allow you to do that. It also, hearkening back to another training module in this series, it harkens back to understanding that people are different and understanding the behavioral styles of you as a salesperson as well as that buyer. Number four, know more about your prospect than you do about your product. Know more about your prospect than you do about your product. Zig's got a great story about his wife, Jean, selling him a house in 1968 when they moved to Dallas, Texas. Jean knew her prospect, <laughs> and it was a successful call, as you'll hear on one of the other recordings. And the point I'm trying to make to you is I'm not saying be best friends with these people. That may not be your goal, your objective. It may not work, but know them as people. Know more about your prospect than you do your product. Do you have a process for your sales endeavors? Being in sales is one of the greatest career choices there is. It gives you freedom to use your creativity, knowledge, and people skills. Having success in sales is not always easy. It takes great skill and tenacity to become successful. A professional salesperson knows they can never stop learning. I congratulate you for listening to this podcast and want to encourage you to continue your learning with CDs and books on the subject of sales. In fact, I know of several really good ones right here at our website, Ziggler.com. Make sure you tell somebody about the Ziggler Inspire podcast and come back next week for some more inspiration from Mr. Ziggler. And make sure you inspire somebody this week. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.